Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. <clears throat> get you- oh, my bad. Jay, what's going down? I thought it was... I thought it was going to do the thing. I can't believe you just did that. I thought it was going to do the thing. I thought it was going to do the thing. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Late technical difficulties. Semi cold <laughs> intro. Man, that was something. It's it's always something new on Wake Up. That's it's, for sure. Jesus. You you never know. I was trying to I was trying to get the coffee going, but uh, we here, baby. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Jay Ridge, what's going down, big dog? <laughs> I was re- I was ready to drop that first verse on this one. As soon as you started, I was like, oh, oh I know man. this one. I know this one. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, happy to be here. Hopefully the people enjoy our late cold intro. You know, sometimes people talking about being a fashionably late. We're just we're just late and we just like to have a good time. But Ray, you made up for a little bit. Give let, people a good laugh this morning. Let Say me tell you what happened. Let, let me tell you what happened. So I told you I bought a French press to make my own like cold brew and you're supposed to let it go for like 24 hours and then take it like don't don't let it go over. But it was in there for longer and I tasted it and I was like, ugh, this shit is nasty. And I accidentally pressed the, you know, the button to go live. Yeah, the switch scene. So my bad. All right. No, it's fine. Well, good morning to the good people in the building, man. I hope y'all are doing well this morning. Joe, what's up? I see Patrick in the building. Uh, Ty, Marlon, Daniel, Rom, what's going on? Rico, Tyler in the building. Shorts, what's going down? He heard the goat. Yeah, that was Rick Rose hustling. What's up, Addison? How you doing? Let's go, let's go. Uh, Dynasty Barry in the building. What's going on? Buy your next cold brew with Ray G. Brought to you by Prize Picks. What's up, five star Pete? Good morning to y'all. We got a lot to get into. A little late this morning, but never, never fail. We will be here to talk through all the stuff in the NFL world, all the stuff in the sports world. Got a lot to get. Too. training camp is uh, full swing they got the pads on so now some of the players that we've been talking about in shorts and t-shirts they're actually doing football things on the field and we're going to try to decipher what's real what's fake what's bs what's real talk uh but we got a lot to get into jay how are you this morning the proper introduction for you how you doing this morning man I'm good, man. I'm good. Lots of big news yesterday. Big day for baseball. I was pretty excited to see all the trades that went down yesterday. It wasn't too boring. So happy to see that. And I'm happy to be here for the people, man. Hoping we have a good morning. Have a good day. Well, let's get into it, baby. Jay Ridge with the news. Yes, sir. This is straight facts and I'm presenting nothing but but the biggest news yesterday, whether you like it or not, was the Washington Nationals trading Juan Soto and Josh Bell to the San Diego Padres for six players, three former former first round picks, multiple top 100 prospects, 
Um, massive trade, probably the biggest we'll see in baseball history for a little while, just because of the magnitude of what Juan Soto was. World Series winning champion of the Washington Nationals, MVP candidate, numbers on par with some of the best players to ever play the game of baseball. And he was traded because he turned down a $440 million contract from the Washington Nationals. So at that point, what can you really expect from these guys? A lot of people hoped he would be traded, and he was to the Padres. Now the Padres have one of the deadliest rosters in all of Major League Baseball, but in my opinion, they still have to get through the Dodgers. So I'm not going to put them on that pedestal yet. They also made trades for an elite closer in Josh Hader, and there was a flurry of other moves yesterday, but the biggest one by far was Juan Soto being traded for a bunch of players to the Nationals. And the Nationals, they get a bunch of good prospects, some guys I really, really like, Mark Headlined by Mackenzie Gold, left-handed pitcher out of San Diego, who could have been Rookie of the Year this year if it wasn't for Spencer Strider. But overall, still a pretty good haul for them. But Juan Soto is the ticket. Um, still has multiple years of control in the majors as well. While he'd be paid a lot, he doesn't actually need to be extended for another two years, I believe. So massive trade in baseball. Another flurry of moves to kind of round out this trade deadline. But a bigger story, I think, in the sports world, Ray, actually comes out of the NBA. And you were talking about it yesterday with LeBron James working out with his sons in Lakers camp. It looked like it was um, actually at UCLA where they were practicing. Yeah, that's and that was really cool, cool to see, right? You yeah. see this this one is Bryce, right? Bryce is the first one. Then Bron comes in. And yeah. then you see Bronny come in after that. But it's cool to see you know, obviously LeBron, the, one of the best basketball players to ever play, but working out with his kids, teaching them what they need to be to be successful. This is just kind of what you like to see, period. You know, you don't always get to see fathers have this level of dedication with their sons out in the public like this. But to see LeBron doing this, you know, it is really cool to see. And I know you being a father yeah. really have a lot of respect for LeBron, and the things that he's doing with his boys. So that's really cool. But I think there's a lot more that we have to get through in the NFL world. It felt like for a couple of days, we really started to avoid this injury talk. But over the past few days, it's just been a flurry of news, starting with Cowboy safety. J. Ron Kurz had a non-contact injury rate. I don't know if we got the reports of what that injury actually was. I didn't see the final verdict on it. Yeah, I thought that he came I back. Happened I thought he came back in the same practice. So I'm not sure. Oh, did he? Yeah, because yeah, he, he did have a non-contact pro- injury. So people were worried it could have been ACL, could have been MCL. Yeah. And then Irv Smith Jr. got surgery on his thumb yesterday. Kevin O'Connell does expect him to be back for the season. Again, it's just a thumb injury. So We'll see what happens, but overall, he should be fine. Van Jefferson was confirmed. He does have a knee surgery scheduled for uh, that was scheduled for Tuesday with a few weeks timetable, but they're not 100% sure exactly when it's going to be. They're hoping for week one, but it's no guarantee. So again, wheels up for Allen Robinson, wheels up for Cooper Cup, and some of those guys we're looking at in week one. And then you, I don't know if you, you put it in here if it was me, but any hope for Tutu Atwell to be something, maybe? Just asking, know. just asking the question. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money on it, but you know, maybe. I'll give it a maybe. Maybe he can run a few deep routes, you know, fill in for Van Jefferson a little bit, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. And then the Broncos had two ACL injuries yesterday that were confirmed. Wide receiver Tim Patrick and running back Demario Crockett. Obviously, the biggest one being Tim Patrick. It's supposed to be the third wide receiver in this set. Um, terrible news for him. He had a great season last year, earned that contract extension, and now, unfortunately, will miss the entire season. And this, of course, is coming off of KJ Hamler, who had an ACL injury last season, who just came off the pup a few days ago. So they're bringing one wide receiver back and losing another wide receiver. People are talking about OBJ maybe going back to the Rams. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not so sure about that. And then as well, Ray, uh, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver James Washington 
suffered a Jones fracture in his foot, you know, midfoot sprain. He's expected to come back, I think, about mid-season. It's not too bad. You know, with the Jones fractures, there's usually a grade one, grade two, grade three. This one, based on the timetable, is looking like a grade one sprain. So he should be okay. But the biggest thing, obviously, is the what it means for Jalen Tolbert, a guy who potentially could see wide receiver two snaps early in the year. And that was yeah. with James Washington still in the fold. Now with him out, it's definitely going to be a lot of Jalen Tolbert and probably some TJ Vasher as well. We'll see, you know, Noah Brown's still there, obviously been in Dallas for a while, but TJ Vasher has also been impressing in camp. And so if it was my money, I think I'd probably be looking at both those guys. And then I think as well, it could mean we see more CeeDee Lamb in the slot because both those guys profile as more outside receivers. And that may be beneficial for Dallas to keep them outside and then to bring CeeDee Lamb inside for some of those three wide receiver sets. But that's just my opinion. Maybe he still stays outside, but considering how successful he's been in the slot, that could be beneficial for all players involved. And then as well, Kyler Murray is going to be out for a few days. He tested positive with COVID. And then as and the last piece of news is that nobody's expected to play in the Hall of Fame game. That's kind of the injury stuff, training camp things. But some of the bigger stories, Ray, is really the Miami Dolphins punishment. And this stems from the Tom Brady tampering and Sean Payton tampering issues. So the NFL did an investigation. I think part of it was brought on by the Brian Flores report and lawsuit. But it was announced that the Miami Dolphins are forced to forfeit their first round pick in 2023 and a third round pick in 2024. And like I said, it's the follow-up from the investigation of the Dolphins trying to bring in Tom Brady in 2019 and 2020 along with this past offseason and as well the impermissible communication with the or from the Saints with head coach Sean Payton. It was actually prior to him retiring, which is the reason why they're being punished for that. On top of that, Stephen Ross has also been suspended through October 17th, and he's been fined $1.5 million. And the last piece of this report was that there was nothing to report that the Dolphins were guilty of any type of tanking. You know, that was one of the other allegations by Brian Flores as he was being paid to tank some of the games. And that was also proven to be not, I guess, they didn't find the evidence to that. And then obviously the last piece is Deshaun Watson, right? So we talked about on the show on Monday, Sue Robinson recommended a six-game suspension, but it's also already being reported that the NFL is going to exercise their right to appeal, and there's potentially even going to be a much lengthier suspension than people were suspecting. Obviously, uh, Roger Goodell can do whatever he wants, and he has the power to do that no matter what Sue Robinson recommends or anything like that. So there is potential yeah. for still a large suspension looming for Deshaun Watson. But we hopefully get the the news on that a little bit in a little bit. But And then, of course, Watson's camp has the ability to appeal. And so it may be a little bit longer process than we're hoping for, but I don't think this is anywhere near over yet. Yeah. And we could be looking at a lengthier suspension than just six games for Deshaun Watson so far. Is yeah, there anything man. you want to touch on first here? Obviously, a ton of news I just rolled through, but a lot of big things happening in the NFL and other sports worlds right now. So what do you want to start with here? Well, I think we also need to give, uh, you know, give our condolences to uh, Vin Sully. Uh, Vin Let's Sully, go, yeah. the uh, announcer from the uh, Dodgers, the man, Dodgers. just 94 years old, passed away. Uh, you know, I want to give you can't people say you can't talk about the game of baseball without talking about uh, Vin Scully. So, uh, you know, rest in power to him and, and, and prayers up for all the uh, the family members of him. And then, you know, just sports lovers and MLB lovers just want to yeah. give uh, give our condolences and live the good life. Ninety four years. Uh, as far as, you know, you touched on a lot of things, the injuries, Irv Smith hurt again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Like just at, at some point, can we get a good Alabama tight end in the NFL? You know, I like Irv Smith, but damn, man. Uh, but at least he's supposed to be back by the start of the season. So that's good. Uh, I think one of the things I want to touch on is the 2-2 Atwell thing, because I know people are dismissing it. But 
The Rams did spend a second round pick on him, what, a year ago, a couple of years ago, last year, two years ago. Yeah. He, he has the ability to run deep. And even when Deshaun Jackson was there, I'm not saying he was a big part of that offense, but he did get some deep shots with Matthew Stafford. And the one thing that Tutu Atwell can do is run very, very fast in a straight line and get down the field, right? He's got that speed to take the top off of the defense, something that A-Rob and Cooper Cup, while they're not slow, but that's not really what they do. And they do get downfield by, you know, for just precise route running and their ability to beat coverage. But if he's going to be on the field, if they throw him out there in a best ball format, maybe it's worth a shot. Late, I'm not telling you to go out there and, and go – spend second round picks on Tutu Atwell, but most places you could find him on waivers for free. And I thought he was a good player in college, like straight up. Like I, I wasn't one of the people it it's funny, man, because in this space and you see this, you just, you see this happening with, with players like Tyquan Thornton. You see this happening with Tutu Atwell with the, the name, the list goes on and on. We as armchair quarterbacks, right? Me, you, everybody in the chair, everybody that's not in the building, not on the field. We are, and I don't mean that in in some negative way, but we're armchair quarterbacks, right? We do our evaluations. We think we know. And when somebody gets drafted at a slot that we don't deem appropriate, right? How could you take a five foot nine hundred and sixty pound wide receiver in the second round. Why would you do that? The Rams then we immediately dismiss said player. And then when said player doesn't play early, it gives that sort of stance and narrative even more credence and credit. But but they did draft him in the second round. He is on the team and he is playing football. So if they throw two two Atwell out there with Matthew Stafford to say that there's no chance, no way possible that he can score points and catch the football is just crazy, man. Like I don't I don't get that. Even Tyquan Thornton to a degree. I'm not I don't think that the Patriots needed to draft him in round 2. Maybe he would have been there in oh, round man. 3. Maybe he would have been there in round 3. Maybe he would have been there in round 4. But you know what, Jay? They did. They took him in round 2, which means he's probably going to get an opportunity to do something. Does that mean he's going to be great? No. Does that no. mean he's going to be an all-pro? Does that mean he's going to be worthy of the draft capital? Absolutely not. But what it should mean is he's going to get an opportunity to play. And you're seeing early reports, right? It's just all we can do is react based on what the news feed is telling us that he's looking good with Mac Jones. And just like Tutu Atwell, Tyquan Thornton brings a dimension to that offense that nobody else on that team does. Devontae Parker isn't taking the top off of uh, off of defenses. Jacoby Myers, that's not his game. Kendrick Bourne can get downfield and got some speed, so we'll see. But he he brings an element to that offense that they don't have. And just because we don't like it, we immediately just fade and discount those players. I, I, it may be a small possibility. It may be a low percentage. But there's a shot that Tutu Atwell gets a shot. There's a chance, right? We'll see. We shall see. There's a chance Tyquan Thornton is not a bad football player, even though he may not have, uh, you know, the Patriots may not have, shouldn't have drafted him in the in the second round. So uh, I just, he's worth a shot in the right format, in the right league. He's worth a shot. And he's probably, probably on your waiver wires. The Dallas Cowboys situation, I see people talking about Will Fuller. I'm not buying it. Down here in Dallas, I'm just, I I think they got a bigger chance of bringing back Cole Beasley than they do bringing in Will Fuller. I think they're going to roll with 
uh, Jalen Tolbert. We've seen Dallas do yeah. this in the past when it looks like the wide receiver core is barren and, and desolate. They just roll out the guys that they had. They tried to make Michael Gallup a one back in 20, his rookie season, and that didn't yeah. work out well, and they brought in Amari Cooper. So I'm not buying the Will Fuller and Dallas thing. I think they're going to roll what they have. It's going to be a heavy dose of CeeDee Lamb, a heavy dose of Dalton Schultz, probably utilizing Tony Pollard more in the receiving game, which would be awesome. I would love that. And I think, if anything, you should be very excited about what's about to happen with Zeke this year because I promise you, they are going to feed him the rock as much as he can humanly carry the ball. They are going to give Zeke the ball over and over and over again. And are those going to be efficient carries? Are those going to be efficient touches? I don't know. Probably not. But he's going to get the damn ball. So I, I'm not buying the Will Fuller to Dallas thing. I think Jalen Tolbert is going to start the season and stock up. Listen, this, these rookie wide receivers, man. Jay, I'm asking you a question. Real, I, I put this out on Twitter. 2020, CeeDee Lamb. Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman Jr., T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, sort of the highlight remaining players from that class. 2021, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, kind of the highlights of 2021. They have done nothing yet on the field, but I will say that the, the reports and the news coming out about these 2022 wide receivers is encouraging. Drake London's getting glowing reviews. Traylon Burks, have you seen Burks with the pads on and just how damn big he is? Yeah. I mean, he, he may Scary. not be A.J. Brown, but he looks like A.J. Brown on the field because he's huge, man. He's huge. Yeah, he looks Traylon like if A.J. Brown put on about 20 yeah. pounds. That's but yeah, he he's like. huge. Traylon, uh, Drake London's getting glowing reviews. Chris Olave's had some positive reviews. This 2022 rookie wide receiver class could be kind of nice. One piece of news you didn't touch on injury-related, Christian Watson. Still not practicing. Knee is messed up. Has there been uh, any updates on his on his knee yet? The the update from Matt Lafleur yesterday was there is no timeline on his return. He's recovering from whatever knee issues that he don't had. Don't know the injury, right? Yeah, we just know he had the procedure, and we don't know what it was. Or, I don't know, man. He, he was okay, a cat so. that I I didn't have a ton of interest in in the first place, but now even more so, I'm just kind of like I don't know, man. I I you know. I don't know what I really want to do with Christian Watson. I don't want him. I'll tell you that. I'm not a big, uh, I just wasn't in on him. I, I like the athleticism, but I'm just not in on uh, Christian Watson. Sky Moore got injured too, kind of hobbled off. They said it's a hip. I'm no damn yeah. doctor, but I mean, he, it didn't, I mean, he was limping, but it didn't look like it's going to be anything that's going to last and linger into the season. Fingers crossed for Sky Moore. Uh, but this Deshaun Watson thing, let me just, let me. <sighs> We were kind of talking about this in our Discord yesterday, Jay. This is a this is an interesting situation because if you went back and read, and and for those of y'all out there that are just like, oh, what the hell does he know? He's not some legal guy. I actually am, but neither here nor there. I'm not a legal person on this case, but I actually am. But you know, reading through everything that Sue Robinson put out, what it sounded like was happening, Jay is the NFL tried to pass the buck and the responsibility onto her to levy yes. down a heavy suspension, right? It seemed like the NFL said, we really don't want to do this, so we'll turn it over to the independent arbitrator per the CBA. Let her hammer down Deshaun Watson so we could say, hey. Absolve the blame, yeah. Hey, the, the, the judge did this, not us. You know, the judge did this. But what Sue Robinson said is she said 
The pattern that Mr. Watson exhibited was more egregious than any case the NFL had reviewed up to this point. They talked about Deshaun Watson showing no sort of empathy or remorse for his actions, showing up late to hearings. Like, just none of that, man. It it, it literally looked like, like, I didn't do it. This isn't, I don't know what these ladies are talking about, right? I did nothing wrong. And it it seems like what Sue Robinson did is said, look, this is what y'all collectively bargained for, right? You didn't have the foresight to think about a player potentially doing shit like this and having safeguards in place because the maximum punishment for nonviolent, sexual, whatever you want to call it, is six. It's Zeke. It's six games. So it sounds like what she did was say, per my authority, right, Goodell, NFL, NFLPA, from what you guys collectively bargained for, all I can do is issue out the maximum, which is six games. If you, NFL, and Roger Goodell want to go a year or two years or indefinite, that's your discretion because you are the commissioner and you have that discretion to do that. Really? The problem is... If Goodell does that, this is this is fascinating, man. And they got to do it by tomorrow. I believe Thursday's the date yeah. for the appeal. If the NFL does that, it, the whole point of having an independent arbitrator there was to like have an, a, a non-biased third-party yeah. member kind of work through these situations. If the NFL goes back and says, you know what, we're going to scratch what she said, we're going to still give him a year, we're going to give him an indefinite ban, if I'm the NFLPA, I sue the shit out of the NFL immediately because they are violating the terms of their CBA, right? The judge, this was her recommendation. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm Watson's attorney and if I'm the PA, I... Listen, I'm just I'm speaking just from the, the legal side of this. I'm not accepting or or settling for anything less than the re- recommendation of the judge. And I don't think the NFL wants those problems because if they get no. sued and they get into court and they start looking into things like everybody's dirty laundry comes out. And I'm pretty sure as much as some of these owners may want Deshaun Watson to go down, may want the Browns to burn. You know what they don't want to happen? They don't want their shit coming out in public record. They don't want whatever they've been doing behind the scenes. John Gruden, Dan Snyder, because I promise you, they start opening doors and looking under covers and looking in close, like all kinds of shit that people don't want to come out will come out. Like, I, I just don't think the NFL wants that open records court case. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, because I feel like what the NFL, what they're doing right now is they're gauging the temperature. They're, they're looking 100%, at how, how people are reacting, public what perception, ma- public perception what mainstream, do we need to do something? Or if we just say, you know what, we wanted to give him a year, but the judge said six, let's blame her. We'll get her out of the way. We'll, we'll remove her. We'll find, a, we'll we'll, find someone else. Yeah, we'll yeah. find somebody else for the next CBA. This wasn't our deal. This is, this is truly a fascinating case. And I'm with you, man. I don't think it's over. But we'll find out here in the next couple of days what's going on with that situation. Jay, what do you, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think the NFL just accepts what Sue Robinson said, or is Deshaun Watson going to be suspended for a longer time? And if I'm the PA, I'm not, I'm not accepting anything. Like this is no. what the judge recommended. These are the rules that we have in place. These are the terms that were agreed upon. I'm not accepting anything. You suspend my 
our guy, our client, our representative for a season after the judge recommended six, we are suing. And I don't think the NFL wants that to happen. They don't, but at the same time, maybe to your point, the public perception has gone so far to the point where they feel like they have to do something, right? And I totally agree with you that it's going to open a can of worms that the NFL doesn't want opened. But at the end of the day, maybe they still believe that he should be spending for longer, and that's the bigger win than what could be the fallout of this. And obviously, that's the decision by the owners and by the NFL. But I don't believe that they are technically – are they technically breaking contract? Because at the end of the day, the NFL still has the right to appeal, and Roger Goodell has the final say on all decisions of this matter, regardless yeah. of whether it was – an independent arbitrator or not. But yeah. to your point, the optics of an yes. agreed upon independent arbitrator getting overruled by Roger Goodell, it's like, well, then why are we paying this woman so much right. money, having her on retainer? All right. these it's just a waste of money at that point. So is it over? Not yet, but maybe it could be if the NFL decides to your point, they don't want to go down this legal path because they've already said they will get sued. And even from a lot of reports, it sounded like Watson potentially was even thinking of suing with the six games and they were unhappy with the six game suspension. So if they try to increase it, of course, they will get sued. I'm not sure what that means for him playing football and and how that works, because suspension aside, that suit may actually be yeah. separate from the actual suspension and his playing time and obviously his pay and all those various things. So I'm not sure how this would all me break down, but I'm very interested to your point. It's such a big case. It's been going on for so long. It feels like it could be coming to an end, but... We'll see. It, it, I think it, it is. Does, I think right? it is, Jay. I think I think we're there. I don't think the NFL. I don't think they're going to appeal it. And hopefully by I think Thursday, I think I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think Thursday. I so, yeah, we will know. Right. And we will be done where this shit will continue to drag on and we'll continue. And and here's the thing that the, the, the crazy part about all this is he is a great football player. You know, just talking about on the field, he's somebody that in fantasy, he's he matters, he's relevant. If yeah. you don't want him because of what he did and, and your moral ethics don't allow you to draft or, or, or trade for or, or play with Deshaun Watson in fantasy football, that's one thing. But man, it, it is it is a big story because he is the he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, you know what I mean? Like most yeah. guaranteed money for an NFL quarterback NFL in history. history. He changed contracts. We know he's a great talent. I think we all are ready for it to be over. But until the NFL says we've accepted it and we move on, which I think they will do. I, I think they are going to say we we appreciate the process and the methodic nature of Sue Robinson. We accept this and we move forward. And, you know, the yeah. next CBA in 2030, they'll put in their – uh, you think I'm? Ju they'll put in a, if somebody does something like this again, they will ban them from the NFL. Like they will just oh for sure. They're, they're just going to put sure. in some super. They're going to put just in very very severe punishment for this yeah. type of behavior uh, if it happens again, and they just won't be playing football again. So yeah. that's that's sort of where we're at with that stage and training camp, Jay. I mean, you know what it is, man. And I saw our boy Jeff Jeff Mueller on Twitter was tweeting <laughs> some uh, tweeting about Travis Etienne yesterday and went viral talking about Travis Etienne's foot. But I kind of wanted to talk about Etienne today because apparently he's absolutely destroying people at camp. And he's one of those players where we were excited about him going into the NFL draft. Some people had him as the RB1 over Najee mm -hmm. Harris. And, you know, he got yep. hurt before the season started, missed his entire rookie year. He's on a bad team. Urban Meyer says he wants to use him like a wide receiver. But he's apparently he's, he's killing it. Even with J-Rob back, he's going to be a big part of that offense. 
What are your thoughts yeah. and just where are you at on ETN, his ADP, and 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 is he somebody that you think could be a difference maker for us in fantasy leagues this year? Because if they're going to give him the ball in those important areas, you know, the receiving game, he's getting the goal line work, he's in the, you know, he's on the two minute hurry up offense. He's going to be very important, man. So where are you at with ETN and the glowing reviews about Travis, even though Jeff said his foot. The way that he runs is uh is problematic from a medical yeah. standpoint, right? I'm I think I'm fine with where he's going right now. I mean, I've been drafting him. I've been saying, you know, I still like him. I, but I think his ADP is rising, right? He's probably just outside of the top 13, 14. I probably I think he's believing the 15 to 17 range for running backs, which I think is fair. You know, I'm I'm not really sure what to expect from him this year. Like you talked about Snoop Connors getting first team reps with both of them out you're seeing obviously j-rob looking better so there is small things that may cut into his workload a little bit and then on top of that there's still the factor of the jaguars right like we don't expect a massive touchdown ceiling to where we would vault him into the top 12 but from a workload perspective if he's getting 150 carries and 70 targets he's going to matter in fantasy rb12 like, no matter what rb12 right? He's RB12. Rapid is RB12. rb12 in dynasty in between nick chubb and derrick henry RB12. In Dynasty, that's fine. I think I'm fine with that because he's one of the younger guys. And But remember, there was a point where he was being drafted as like RB17 because people were still worried about the foot, how he's going to look when he comes back. But to your point about camp, he's been just playing so well, looking great so far. We're not going to see him on Thursday. But at the same time, though, the bigger thing is that he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. And if this offense is good, which I'm not necessarily projecting, he could be dynamite for fantasy, you know, like – I keep talking about it, and I hate to talk about it, but he really could be Alvin Kamara. Like, people said that a long time ago, and I was like, you are crazy. Like, you just don't mm -hmm. go to that ceiling comp for a player. But based on what we've seen from him, if he can do the things that we expect him to do outside of maybe the tackle breaking is really the big X factor for ETN that we did see He was pretty good at that in college. He was, he was pretty good. Was arm tackles, good he's good, but when you kind of get him wrapped up, he's going down, right? Kamara, yeah. I think, is a little bit stronger than that. But from a body type, archetype, how he should be utilized in an offense. I think that is exactly how you want him to be used. And kind of when you talk, people talk about him as a prospect, that's where they went. They think he needs the Camara utilization to be maximized in the NFL. And if right. they do that with him, he will matter. And he will probably be a top 12 running back this season. And, and for beyond, if he gets a larger workload, you're looking at a guy who could be a top seven, top eight running back in the NFL. Yeah. RB12, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, the running backs directly ahead of him. It's just going to be interesting to see how Doug Peterson rolls out those running backs, right? Is it going to be a one-man band, or are they going to deploy James Robinson and Snoop Connor? I didn't see any reports. Yeah. Snoop Connor running it with the ones? James Robinson was out. Travis well, Etienne has an okay. illness. Well, but again, it's the reps that matter, and, though, right? And this Familiar is what... Let's let's just talk about what's about to happen. Let's because you weren't yeah. even aware that the preseason was shortened by one game. So there's only three preseason yeah, games, right? That. So we've got the Hall of Fame game tomorrow, in which none of the major jacks are no going to play. Playing. It's going to but Snoop. So what we're going to see over the first couple of preseason games are a lot of these rookies getting an opportunity to get on the field, right? We're hearing yeah. reports out of L.A. that Isaiah Spiller is looking. Like really he's good. going to really good, really good. I mean, Staley's talking him up. The running backs coaches are talking him up. They're saying this guy's out here catching the ball really dynamic in space. Looks like the Chargers have finally found uh, their RB2 behind Austin Eckler. I mean, shit, it's like we, we told you that once he got on the field, it would be okay. But 
neither here nor there. Hang on to those February pre-draft takes. He's going to play, and he's probably going to be pretty good. We're hearing Rashad White's doing all right out there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tyler Algier running people over in Falcons camp. We're going to see a lot of these rookie running backs get on the field during preseason because they we're ain't going to see a lot of Snoop Connor, man. On they tomorrow, ain't throwing out. They, they ain't throwing out Austin Eckler. I promise you, the Chargers will not be rolling Austin Eckler out there in the preseason. Derrick Henry is not. He probably won't take one single preseason snap. It's going to be a lot of Hassan Haskins and these guys. So we'll be able to kind of see. You know, Dalvin Cook's always beat. He ain't playing. In preseason, it's going to be Ty Chandler. So we'll be able to see and decipher, like, which one of these rookie running backs, even though they were drafted in the third round, the fourth round, which one of them may be able to carve out a role for the team? And it's going to be—this is where you gain that edge, man. You start paying attention—this is what happened with us last year, Jay. What was the play— who was the player we dogged out all pre all pre draft? Pro- I mean, dogged him out all pre draft process yep. from the time the college season ended until the NFL started. We dogged this player out. Two preseason games in, we got on we got on live and said, "Man, I don't even think it was two, bro. I think it was a one game walk back where he had over a hundred yards, and Ramondre Stevenson was that cat. We saw the footwork, we saw the agility, and we were like, man." Maybe yep. we were wrong. We didn't do a full walk back game one, but to your point, by the second game, we were like, he's, Yo, he's pretty good. Be something. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good. Something. Even against third stringers, four stringers, he looked way better than anybody else. But yeah, to your point um, about ETN is that, and I want to kind of talk about this a little bit because we haven't talked about it on the show. Quick segue into Alvin Kamara because people who don't know his his trial got postponed by two months, so yeah. it'll be sometime during the season. He shouldn't be suspended this year. If, if he was, that would be like probably late in the year. But his trial was. Push back two months. So at worst, I believe it's going to be in October. Probably gets pushed back again because he's during the NFL season. But with ETN, I think the interesting thing will be is like, how does Doug use these running backs because of the committee, right? But for these for these younger guys, it's going to be, you're looking at the traits. And I need to stress that on so much. If you see a guy break through an open hole, that doesn't mean anything. Right. You want to see the traits these guys display, the vision, even if it's only a five-yard run. That's what the coaches and the players that are playing along with them are going to notice more so than someone running through a gaping hole where a linebacker who's undrafted miss an assignment and a running back just goes for a 60-yard touchdown. These are the things that you want to be looking for more than anything else. I think, to your point, it's really the running backs we learn a lot more from in preseason than the receivers because the receivers are running routes on nobodies and there's a lot of busted coverages and things like that. But the running backs, like a lot of times the first team – offensive line gets more reps in preseason because they need the reps, right? They need the continuity on offense. So you do see them play a little bit more at the defensive line and and the defenses we'll see. But I think from the running backs perspective, that's where you really get your edge. If you watch these running backs intently, you can gain a lot of information for fantasy football. Absolutely. 100%. So I am tapped in. I want to see how these guys play. I want to see how is Zamir back yet? What is what is the report on Zamir White? L- look at up. Let me I, do a little Google for yeah, you. Yeah, do a little Google on Zamir White because uh, I drafted him in some spots and it's not feeling good right now. Um, not feeling good right now. But you're you're absolutely right. I think you gain a ton by kind of following the trends of those rookie running backs, and we're going to find that out in the preseason. We only got three games, so that's going to be interesting. And uh, uh, another player who's starting to heat up, Jay. Old Baker, old Baker Mayfield, oh, starting to heat up. Old Baker's look. At, listen, once the pads came on, he looked kind of shitty in his shorts and a t-shirt. But the pads came on. He's bombing it deep. He's looking good. I've been I've been on the train of saying I don't think he's going to start the season. I think they're going to roll Darnold out. 
let Darnold yeah. fail and then let Baker come in and try to be the savior of that team. We'll see how that plays out. But if he keeps playing like he's been playing, apparently at the start of camp with the pads on, uh, he may walk into the season as the QB one for Carolina. I don't know. I don't know really, what that means. So. He, he should be like, let's he be should. honest. There's he no should. reason why he shouldn't be. It would only be, I he think, should. if there's potential concerns of the playbook, the understanding, which, it, again, to come to a new team basically in July and start in September with a new offense, new coaching scheme, all these things, like that's not easy to do. So if Baker's starting, it could see some rust early. And then, yeah, Patrick saying Zemir White did return to practice Zemir's Saturday back. and Sunday, so he is back, which is good. But we'll see. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't, he should be starting from a football perspective, and hopefully he is, but we'll see kind of how that looks for the offense early on because what he's trying to do and accomplish is going to be very difficult. And I think I will probably, I'm curious how people perceive him because he's not going to get any credit for the the undertaking that he's trying to do and perform at a high level to get that next contract, right? So we'll see how he looks, but I think he's going to be the starter week one especially because it's against the Browns, right? That's that's the biggest thing here is that revenge game for week one is going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Jay, Jay. Yes, sir. Jay, we got some trades. We got some trades that we need to talk about. Not, not NFL trades for people out there. Some <laughs> dynasty trades. We got, we got some dynasty trades we need to talk about. Jay, let's go. Let's talk about them. Dynasty trades, let's go. Let's go. Where they at, Jay? Where the dynasty trades at? Oh, I got them. I got them. Let's do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. All right, Jay. We got two dynasty trades. It's supposed to be one, but I want to do two. So let's get Jay on here and let's talk through these trades uh, that happened in our Discord, Jay. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. We got two trades that happened. Uh, and let's just look at the trades. They're super flex, you know, PPR, tight end premium. This first one, really interesting. I'm interested to see what your take is on what side you would prefer on this deal. So let's make it a little smaller. Here we go. One side of the trade, we've got Russell Wilson, your boy Travis Etienne, who we just talked about, Mike Will, and a 2023 first, or Joe Burrow, Brees Hall, and Darnell Mooney. This one was tough for me. This is a tough one for me because I want Brees and I want Burrow, but as I look at this deal, Superflex, 12-team, PPR, what are you doing with this one right here? What side of the trade ledger are you on? Broncos country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Let's ride. Mike, du- Mike Dub. Yeah. Let's ride. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think that you're getting a lot of value for Joe Burrow here. And, you know, you still get a young running back in ETN, locked up with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams, Russell Wilson, only 34 years old, and you get a 24 first. I love Darnell Mooney. Um, I love Brees Hall, but I think that I'm taking the larger package, more assets, more flexibility, I think. If you wanted to move Mike Williams for another wide receiver, I think he's got a ton of value and you can do that. I, I think, yeah, I mean, Patrick just said in the chat, I think the first is kind yeah. of what pushes it either way. I do think that if it was, you know, without the first, I'm probably on the Burrow yeah, side because you're getting a lot out. younger. Take the first well, taking out. the first out, I think you're getting the age, right? You're getting the, for all three guys, you're taking Mooney, who's younger. You're taking Brees Hall, who's super young. You're taking Joe Burrow, who's super young. But with that first, I'd be willing to take the slightly older assets, but still lots of value, lots of time for them for sure. But I think that I would be taking the uh, Russell Wilson trade, and I will be riding with yeah, Russ for sure. I think so too. I think ETN and Brees Hall, even though Brees is being valued higher than Travis ETN right now, they're probably the same level of player. Russell Wilson and Burrow, 
you're paying for the youth with Joe Burrow, but you're talking about production the next three to four years. You're probably getting equivalent production, maybe maybe a little less from Wilson. Burrow wants to sling it around all day, maybe. Yeah. And then Mooney and Mike Williams, pretty much a wash. They're thousand yard to eleven hundred yard receivers. I prefer the quarterback that Mike Williams has over Justin Fields. And then you kick yeah. in a 23 first. To me, that's the that's what takes it over the top, right? That's what takes it over the top. It's supposed to be yeah. a trade of the day, but we're going to look at two because I thought this one was interesting too, Jay. Maybe, let me blow this one up for the people. Let's see what we got here. We've got a tear down. So one Debo Samuel, Mr. $70 million man himself, uh, you're trading away Debo Samuel, Malik Willis in a 23 fourth. You're getting Cortland Sutton, KJ Osborne in a 23 first. Would you rather have the better player in Debo Samuel and his, uh, you know, his offense, his, you know, production, or would you rather have Cortland Sutton the first and KJ Osborne? Right. Do it again. Let's ride. Let's, let's ride. ride. Baby. Let's ride. Country. Now, now let's I think ride. I think it's important to point out because I don't know when you pulled this trade. It might it might have been pre Tim Patrick injury. Um, but it was one yes, thing. I it was pre Tim Patrick. It was pre Tim yeah. Patrick. So that pre. that's a big that's a big factor there for sure. But if you did want to make this trade right now, I don't think it's impossible. But it would definitely be tougher, right? Um, I love Debo, but I'm just I don't think I'm in on him. I, I we talked about it a long time ago how talk about selling Debo and how yes, as much as I love the talent, I just don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to bet on him to be my wide receiver of the future, a long time, whatever it could be. And then I've talked about this a lot, how I really, really, really like KJ Osborne this season. I think that Adam Thielen could lose some touches between the 20s. And while that's not super valuable, KJ Osborne could take on a bigger role in this offense. They're expected to pass the ball a lot more. And while he won't get the most red zone work because Adam Thielen's still a god in the red zone, so is Justin Jefferson. And obviously Cortland Sutton's ceiling now. Ray, I don't know if you want to talk about that before we head out. Yeah. But the ceiling of Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton with this Tim Patrick injury yeah, man. is big, right? Because he's yeah. their main competition outside. KJ Hamlin's going to do his thing, running down the field in the slot. But the competition outside is solidified now. It's Judy. It's Sutton. They're going to get their targets. There's no more target competition from the receiver standpoint. There's still tons of tight ends. There's still the running backs. There's still KJ Hamler. But what we were worried about was the three-headed monster in yep. Denver. That's no more. All the power to Tim Patrick. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery and does well and comes right. back healthy, stronger, and better. Absolutely. But for fantasy, this is unfortunately a best case scenario for if you were drafting Sutton or Judy. Now you feel much better about your investment, and I think it's going to pay off in a lot of ways. I think both these guys are ready to go, and I would be taking Sutton and a first for Debo. Getting KJ Osborne is just the icing on the it's cake. It's the right? icing on the cake. That's an, that's a well executed tear down. And if you have Debo Samuel and you can get a deal like that done, I would 100% be floating that out there. And I do think, unfortunately for Tim Patrick, Godspeed to him for, to his recovery and I'm glad he got paid. I'm glad he got yeah, paid before he got hurt, that. right? I'm glad he got, he got paid. paid. But it's going to be Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, probably a little more Javante and Melvin Gordon in the receiving game, and then we'll figure out which time And Albert O, too. Yeah, Albert, Albert O, we'll Greg Dolchitz. a lot more usage. Yeah, uh, this is, this is going to be a consolidated attack, and this is good for Sutton, and, you know, we don't we don't wish for injury. We're not we're not the injury victory lappers that do shit like that. But, um, hey, it's time before we get out of here, Jay. We gotta we gotta get to our top five training camp highlights, baby. We gotta do it. Money bag, yo, on the mic. Let's get it. Number five, A Rob, J Rich. What you think about this catch by A Rob down here? Matthew Stafford putting it up. No separation from Allen Robinson. Doesn't it's matter. It's kind of a bad throw, to be honest. Um, A-Rob, A-Rob got it done, for sure. A-Rob's going to beast, man. A-Rob's going to beast yeah, this really year. Good. A-Rob at four. 
at five. At number four, we going. Give him his credit. Big Baker. <laughs> Look at this. Dime. Robbie Anderson. Baker? Money. Robbie with a Y now. He's going back. Yeah, Robbie with a Y. Number three. He's got fucking hoodie on. Long shirt. Ray, how do these boys do it, man? They rock hoodies in the summer with pads on. Alpha. Alpha energy. Look at Baker, Crazy. though. That's a hell of a throw right there, Jay. That's a hell yeah, of in a the throw. Got to give, give Baker his credit, baby. Got to give Baker his credit. Let's get it. Kyle Pitts at three. The separation. <laughs> I mean, probably just the, the biggest mismatch nightmare the NFL has probably seen in the last 10 years. It's right in front of us. Literally. It's Kyle Pitts, man. Uh, uh, just... Jay, dynasty startup. Would you take him? Top top no, ten pick. I'm not taking him. I'm. Oh, I can't do it. I'm, can't I know you. I know. I know you're on the train. I can't do it. I, I will do it not. In a do heartbeat. It. I can't do it. In a I heartbeat. Can't do it, man. The warp wins can't. above replacement player. Wins over replacement player. Why is he even called that? Wins over replacement player. Well, like, you got to go read the stuff. The All right, number Look, two. Number two. Elijah Moore. Are you ready yeah, for man. more this year? Oh, Oh, you did, oh, I didn't see this one. I was going to say, you didn't, didn't you, didn't, you didn't pull the BYU play. No, um, that man. Was, that was the play. Look the at this. The one-handed stab. stab. And it was reported, too. He's running as the one. People need to remember yeah, this. Garrett Wilson might have been top 10 pick, but Elijah Moore running as the one. And Zach Wilson has been very complimentary of Elijah Moore, his development. And they're excited to do see what they're going to do this season. But Elijah Moore operating as the one. We'll see, but I'm excited for it. You know, I've been talking about him for a little number, over a year. Number one, back-to-back Jets, your boy, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Let's go. The pro day yes, throw. This the is the pro day throw. throw. And once again, Elijah Moore, the recipient of one Zach Wilson, rolling out, throwing a cross body. The arm Insane. strength, Elijah Moore, looks like he's going to be a mother you-know-what problem this season, Jay. Number one, you like it? Dude, that that throw, like, it's just, again, we talk about his arm talent all the time, and it's just insane. Insane. How good, how, what his arm talent could be if he just could throw the ball accurately, because last season Ugh. he was so inaccurate. But if he could throw the ball accurately, he could be really, really good this year. Really, Yeah, really good. I'm not holding my breath. We'll see. But Elijah Moore is dope. Let's show, Jay, anything you want to say to people before we get out of here? No, man, I think that's it. I think that's it. Enjoy the Hall of Fame game. Um, you going to watch it, Ray? Yeah, hell, watch it? man, it's football. Hell yeah, I'm yeah. watching it. Man, I got baseball. Baseball is back. I got to take my son to baseball practice tonight. Oh, I feel like no. we just got done. Baseball. We got practices Wednesdays and Sunday nights at 6 o'clock during the fall. Right before Sunday night football, we got baseball practice. Well, you want you want your boy to go up a level, right? So yeah, on this you is what I get. Hope, hopefully we'll be like this one day. <laughs> Maybe we'll be like this. You think I got a shot to be the LeBron James of this fantasy shit, man? Probably not. Oh, the fantasy stuff. I thought you were talking baseball. I was like, eh, maybe Absolutely a little late not. for you. No, but no. Maybe. No. Maybe. No. All right. Fantasy legacy. Let's get out of here, man. Y'all enjoy your Wednesday. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Like for like and comment. Comment for the algorithm, a.k.a. James. Shout out to James. We appreciate y'all tapping in. Make sure y'all wake up with us bright and early on Friday morning. We out of this thing. Peace. Thank you.